All right, everybody, welcome to This Week in Startups. And this week in streaming, we have an awesome Thursday show for you. All right, yeah, first up, Amazon has bought uh, One Medical, and this is a really interesting trade. We're trying to understand in this M&A, why did Amazon buy One Medical? Was it for their employees? Or was it for something else? Was it for you and mm -hmm. me? And then, yeah. you know, it is Thursday, so we had to have Lon Harris on the show. We're still trying to pick a show. So let mm -hmm. us know in the This Week in Startups community on Twitter what you think we should watch. We think we have some ideas, but we're going to kick around some uh, Zack Snyder bot craziness, Lon's mm -hmm. thoughts on Netflix's path forward. And, and I make a Lon an offer he cannot refuse to mm -hmm. write the pilot episode and the show Bible of the first Jason Calacanis narrative production. You know I've produced a number of podcasts, blogs, magazines, books in my career, events, but now the J-Cal Media Empire, the master of media, is going to do a narrative television show, and I make Lon an offer, serious cash offer, to write a pilot of a new series that I want to see on streaming. It's gonna be a great show! Stick with Stick us. Stick with us, please. <laughs> this Week in Startups is brought to you by Prometheus. Prometheus solves the problem of visibility and access to alternative funds in a way that benefits investors, fund managers, and wealth advisors. Lower investment minimums means that millions of investors can get involved in alternatives and let professional investors do what they do best. Go to prometheusalts.com or download it on the App Store and use the access code TWIST to sign up. Intercom. If you're an early-stage, high-growth startup, you can get access to Intercom's Early-Stage Academy today at a 95% discount. Join the program today at bit.ly slash earlystage22 or email them at startups at intercom.io. And Microsoft for Startups Founders Hub. For the challenges you face as a startup founder, Microsoft for Startups Founders Hub is here to help. The platform provides founders with free resources like Azure credits, development tools like GitHub, mentorship resources, productivity software, training, and so much more. The program is open to all and takes five minutes to apply with no funding required. Learn more and sign up at aka.ms slash thisweekinstartups. All right, Molly, what's in the news? I saw some big Amazon news go across the wire. Some big Amazon news and big kind of like, uh, I don't know, health startup news. Amazon has acquired the concierge network of in-person clinics and telehealth one medical for $3.9 billion. So wow. everybody knew it was like going to be shopping season. I think you've been saying we talked that for about a while. It, right? Yep. Peloton. We talked about uh, BuzzFeed. We didn't talk about One Medical, but it was another stock that had been crushed, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely crushed, which is so surprising because like telehealth became such a big thing, but they also had the in-person clinics. They've just been maybe kind of struggling to, you know, keep people paying and coming in. One Medical mm -hmm. said it's the largest independent practice in the US, direct okay. to consumer medical model with 8,000 business clients. It mm -hmm. offers its own services to its employees and Amazon as we know, has actually been talking for a while about trying to get into the health game and yes. specifically about trying to like offer health services to its own employees. I doubt they spent $4 billion just to give this to their own employees, but maybe. No, <laughs> no, no. I, it, what this really is about is about drugs because you've now interviewed two of the online drug companies. Amazon has a pharmacy, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and this is an important business. And again, remember, I said Jeff Bezos wants to run for president. And they talked about Mark Cuban maybe wanting to run for president. If you could solve the drug problem, that's a pretty great chip in, you know, a uh, checkbox for Americans to get votes. Yeah, because uh, Americans are suffering. Th and we suck at buying medicine, uh, it seems and there seems to be some kind of racket going on here. So again, Amazon, Jeff Bezos is running for president. I'm 100% sure of it. This would be a nice little checkbox here. And if they gave the best healthcare in the world to their employees, all those factory workers, if they got one medical, now all of a sudden the Bernie Sanders critique, right? And the uh, Elizabeth Warren critique, oh my God, oligarchs, whatever, you know, plutocracy. It's like, well, our employees have the best healthcare and you couldn't get it done in government. So we <sighs> figured out a free market solution to healthcare. That'll definitely make the oligarchy conversation go away. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, yeah, I don't know why you call people <laughs> oligarchs for building 
businesses in a democracy. Oligarchs are a different thing, Molly, but okay, fine. I don't know what's going on in, in Oakland with everybody out there. Maybe that, maybe, maybe that's what happens. You know, you I'm excited you have a, for a friend of mine that wants to start a podcast called American Oligarchs. I'm like, that is a great oh, show. American that's Oligarchs. I'm getting, that's what I'm going to call my new, uh, that's going to be a new series coming from uh, Jason Calacanis Productions. That's a um, great name for a streaming series. It definitely is. American Oligarchs. Okay. American Oligarchs. Sorry, Lindy. But anyway, I think so what this is about... Idea. But yes, I mean, is this an add-on to Amazon Prime? Like what? Yes, you nailed it, Molly. You you Healthcare? get Amazon Prime. You nailed it. Imagine you have Amazon Prime and they say, hey, Amazon Prime includes mm -hmm. uh, the ability to do a consultation with a doctor for this group of medicines. Just like him's, hers, Roman, you know, uh, WISP, which we're, we're investors in, all of these online services, you're going to be able to, with Amazon through one medical do a consultation if you're an amazon prime member and get yourself you know viagra um you know uh any of the medicines that people don't want to go to the pharmacy for because they're embarrassing uh uti medicines that's what wisp does um mm -hmm. maybe this uh, is where hepatitis, you get your morning after pill or your morning abortion after pill, medication of course. Mm -hmm. hepatitis uh medicine all those things that people felt you know maybe a little uh, embarrassed to go talk to a doctor about now that's all going to be telemedicine or in, um, what do you call it? Like chat, chat mm -hmm. sessions. Mm -hmm. And so that's how all those services work. And in fact, we did, did we talk about in the program that somebody was giving out beta blockers or other, there was some controversy, right? Yeah. What was, what the company? was, it? It was that, uh, that company that, um, they, they, were, they were doing the medicines that you probably shouldn't do like yeah, Adderall cerebral. or something. Cerebral. Cerebral. Thank you for yeah. So anyway, you nailed it. Now, Amazon prime, you're going to get your Lord of the Rings series you get the boys whatever you get two-day delivery down to two-hour delivery yada yada uh i think they give you some storage and some music stuff or whatever but who cares um and now you're going to get telemedicine and they'll probably have an upsell amazon yeah. prime health where i wouldn't be surprised if amazon goes directly at solving you know the hmo kind of service so just pick like I don't know, urgent care, whatever. And, they, and they're understanding retail. So this is also mm -hmm. about Amazon trying to understand retail. These are retail clinics, right? So now if they were branded Amazon, you know, Amazon doesn't, doesn't fear the real world, do they? Who fears the real world? Google, Facebook, yeah. sorry, Meta, and Apple. They don't want anything to do with the real world. They don't do real world stuff. They're well, scared Apple of it. stores, but yeah. Barely, but they don't, and it's not like they're doing fair, those delivery of food. They're like the DMV, right? They're not like, they're not a giant logistics platform, which is what exactly. Apple, which is what Amazon is. And which ultimately yes. is what healthcare is, right? It is a Correct. logistics issue fundamentally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, you know, producer Nick asked the question, like, is Amazon building the super app in plain sight? And the super app yes. is Amazon Prime. A Amazon Prime has always been the driver. Yeah. When you make, I know people who've worked at Amazon. They say when you make a decision inside of Amazon, the Amazon Prime team will get the veto on it. So you want to do something fun mm -hmm. or whatever. It's like, how is this going to affect Prime subscribers? Is it going to increase Prime subscribers, decrease Prime sub subscribers? Every acquisition is looked through the lens of Amazon Prime, I'm told, from insiders. Yeah. So when they bought Whole Foods, the whole discussion was, how many Whole Foods customers are Amazon Prime customers? How do we get people to sign up for Amazon Prime in the stores? I understand I haven't experienced it because I don't shop for myself anymore. You know, we do online ordering. But Whole Foods, when you go to the store, I understand they sign you up for Prime and Prime has something to do with the experience. And when I search for food items, it directs me to Whole Foods on the Amazon interface. So anyway, yeah, it's all yeah. about Prime. And then what about Apple? They're doing all this work on the Apple Watch. They care about healthcare all this much. Supposedly, they're going to, you know, they've been trying to think about glucose monitors, you know, or um, temperature monitoring, your body temperature, sleep. Where are they? You know, like, this would be the perfect experience for them. Yep. You know, blood testing, telemedicine, but they're not bold enough. So they're not going to do it. They're just, they're just not. I know. I mean, I keep, you know, I'm, it's like getting a little boring talking about what Apple could do with its giant pile mm -hmm. of cash, because the fact is Apple doesn't seem to be inclined to do anything except for, you know. Sell more iPhones. iPhone 14, yeah. new AirPods, whatever. Yeah. So uh, I am enamored. I mean, like I dude, was with Whole Foods with this. If Amazon started charging me $500 a year instead of $130 and it included one medical, which I used to have and I freaking loved, 
loved. What did you love about it as a customer? What was what you loved about it? This could have been I a good J trade. That mm. it is. It was just like a be- It's a beautiful office. You would just that ha- they all have parking. You make oh, okay, an appointment nice. on the app. You could always get an appointment like pretty mm-hmm. quickly. They give you enough time when you're there. It's like an hour long appointment, which I almost never used. Hmm. And everybody I ever met with was super competent. Like, I don't have an ongoing health issue. It would just be like, I need to go in because like I busted my toe or like there's some whatever. You need a, a weird thing you or flu, you know, all whatever, the reasons. Yeah. Shrain, right. And so yeah. it was just like, oh, yeah, here you go. And here's a lovely experience. A doctor mm-hmm. who has enough time with you, a beautiful office, a place to park. The end. See, and all in, of it in other words, they were catering to the customer. Yeah. As was- opposed to catering to the insurance company. Totally. This is the key. Amazon is relentlessly focused on your consumer experience one click two day delivery do you want everything in one box and you'll get it two days later or do you want to get three boxes but get it a couple days earlier and you've got to like deal with three boxes like that's the level that they're thinking about the customer experiences like yep. which is better for you molly open one box and get it on thursday or open two boxes and get it on wednesday thursday like what right. business gives you that level of choice it's insane. Now, if they bring that to healthcare and medicine, it could change everything in the United States. And I am for a free market solution. I think that we should in the United States go one of two ways. We give everybody in the country the most kick ass best health benefits in the world. You walk into any clinic and it's better than Canada. It's better than any other country. We're mm-hmm. number one at health. And then companies have nothing to do with it. I don't have to provide health benefits anymore. None of the startups we invest in have to. We just pay a little more taxes and the government makes it like a really core competency and they, we, we hold them to a high standard or yes. it should be a free market solution. And right now we I have a lovely combination of neither. Exactly. And right now, now we have the worst parts of neither. <laughs> if you're <laughs> exactly. rich, you get the best. If you're poor, you get screwed. If you work for a company, they have the thumb over you where mm-hmm. like, oh, if you leave, your kids don't have the health care. You got to get new doctors. It's just stupid. Yeah. It's like a work or you die. It's a work or you die system. It's just amazing. So if Amazon makes it, you know. Which I kind of like in a way, like you should be, you should go to work. I mean, I I don't know if you should work or die. That's a little dramatic. But (laughs) I I do like the idea that you go to work. Reel it in there, VP. (laughs) Listen, I'm not, I didn't take any red pills with sacks before the show. But I would like, there's like six or seven million people in the country. If they got back to work, it would be accretive to our productivity. Okay. I just meeting young people who are 25 years old and their parents are still subsidizing them message to the parents of america stop subsidizing your goddamn kids sink or swim message to the companies of america wages haven't gone up in 40 years oh they have hogwash no, they, have at, yes, wages they have not wages have not is, kept up with inflation for 40 oh, okay. well now years. you're bringing up inflation okay yes amazon pays much worth. more than the minimum wage if if bernie sanders and oh, Warren want the minimum cannot, wage there's not a single you give 15 an hour is still like if you do the math that's still it's poverty actually now level like 18, yearly salary. it's now 18 to 25 by the way and for uh, an entry-level job that's pretty good i'm not saying that's good for somebody who's been in the workforce for 10 years but for your first job pretty good i think and people who work there love it for your first job sure but for the jobs hmm. that are available in america right now like and you have to get an apartment and there's not a single state in the country where you can afford an apartment on minimum wage and adding that six dollars a month or uh, an hour or whatever God. is not i'm just saying yeah it's going to be that, that, that job like, should be one of the system. three incomes in the household right that's the other thing is everybody wants to live in their own apartment you know the for people who are on the entry level you usually have two or three you should have two or three four incomes per household and then you're splitting that cost, right? So if there's two entry level people, one with a you know medium kind of job, and then one with an upper job, that, then all of a sudden it, it blends, and that you know that's the other piece of this. But anyway, let's yeah. let's not argue. Anyway, it, all right, everything's we're getting gonna, better. America's awesome. America's. Uh, I love Amazon. I own zero as of this point in time in the podcast episode. I do. Not, I'm not a shareholder in Amazon at this point in time in the episode. I'm not saying there could be a J trade later in the episode. But at this Just moment in right time, now. while you're listening to the episode, there's no J trade here. But Lon Harris is coming on next. I'm going to keep talking about Amazon. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Let's All right. let's kick it over to Lon. All right, Lon, get on here. <laughs> hey everybody, I'm really excited to tell you about Prometheus. This is a new platform. It's like a version of Twitter, but it's focused on markets, venture capital, and more. And if you love twists, you're into that stuff, I know that. You got to sign up for Prometheus right now. I've been in there. I've been interacting with the community. And as a capital allocator and somebody who invests in startups, it's awesome. Here's the secret sauce. 
Prometheus has a bunch of fund managers like myself and potential LPs, limited partners who invest in funds like myself on the platform. This is the social network I have been waiting for. And if you're going to raise capital, you can do it right in the app. But imagine you're an accredited investor, right? Like myself. Well, Prometheus is going to help you find new fund managers to back. Every year, I back one or two new fund managers. So now I went in there and there's a tab. Like imagine the Explore tab. Well, for me, I go in there and I found all these new managers I could back. This is stuff that was previously spread through word of mouth, right? Like just people emailing people or meeting them at conferences. Well, now you can find all these new fund managers that you want to back on Prometheus. And if you're a fund manager like myself, they're going to give me access to potential LPs so I can fill up my fund and meet more people to join the party and invest alongside me in startups. I couldn't believe it. My mind was blown when I saw Prometheus. And if you're a civilian and you just want to learn, well, Prometheus can help you learn from all these awesome fund managers. I was posting some of my J trades on there and getting great feedback. Prometheus solves the problems of visibility and access to alternative funds. And it has lower investor minimums. So that means a bunch of investors can get involved in alternative funds and let fund managers do what they do best, invest. So go sign up for Prometheus alts.com let me spell that for you p-r-o-m-e-t-h-e-u-s-a-l-t-s.com prometheus alts.com and right now i want you to stop what you're doing go to the app store and search for prometheus and install it in order to get in they're going to ask you for a code you want to guess the code it's twist t-w-i-s-t and follow your boy jcal just search for jason calacanis when you sign up and you'll see me posting my j trades there it's a really cool well-designed product congrats to the team over there really blown away and uh can't wait to interact more with the community on prometheus hey everybody it's thursday and we're here for a little this week in startups uh and this week in streaming uh, episode lon harris is here and molly wood of course hey lon hey molly how is everybody doing pretty good welcome back lon thanks great to be here been a few uh, weeks um we have lots of news to talk about in the stream oh, lots world. of news so but i did want to at the top of the show just let people know there's a j trade coming based on lon harris's uh feedback i may place a 2550k bink based on lon harris's uh, advice here oh my gosh and uh Don't second panic, lon. Wow. It's just, you know, I'm just asking you to pick a number at the roulette, roulette wheel for me. Dude. But, Lon, did you hear that there is a Bitcoin queen on the FBI's top 10 list? Yes. Did you hear I about this? I have heard, yes, I think I have heard about this. All right. I've had aspirations to do a short film or maybe a, uh, a series, right? Mm-hmm, a, a Jason sure. Calacanis production, if you will. Yeah, yeah. We, it does feel, the, the, the landscape feels right for some of these crazy Bitcoin, crypto... Yes stories to start becoming shows and films i think Got for it. sure and so just to make it easier should we i want to commission you to write a script oh like either a first episode right. or a commission you to write a short but i think a first episode like a pilot uh usually i feel like you'd have a pilot and a show bible so like here's the pilot script and then here's what we think would happen for the rest of season one Here's an outline of, so you hear the five or six main characters, okay. like that kind of stuff. Great. Here's the tone. Here's the other shows we're thinking about Perfect. that would inspire the look. This takes, uh, this would take what, 50 hours, 100 hours? I mean, if I'm writing a full pilot, like it's an hour long drama pilot script. That's, a, that's yeah, that's, uh, that's some time. That's, that's yeah, a few weeks. A couple of weeks. That's, yeah, that's, that's three, that's three or four weeks of my time. And then, uh, you know, like another week or two for the show Bible. Got it. Okay. Well, so it's well, take we, a could, month. we could figure something out. Here's yeah, my idea. Yeah, I would say five or six weeks all in for, for the whole thing. Got it. Okay. In Jason's so, world, that's a month. But yeah. People tell me it takes six weeks. I'm like, great. I'll, I'll talk to you. Well, in it's, a ra- it's a lot. Um, it's it's, it's, it's the, a lot the pilot itself. The dialogue is like, that's where it, like a show Bible I could knock out for you. Got it. Okay, so my quick. question to you is, now that I know the scope here, do you think it should be as accurate as possible to her story? Or do you think she, we should be inspired by her story? Uh, so we I have mean, more room to, I mean, I would have to do, I would have to dig in a little and see how, like, how juicy is the story? Do I feel yeah. like we need to ramp this up to make it TV worthy or is it already? Yeah. But my inclination is you always want to cue as close to reality as you can. Okay. Like, I feel like people have that little hmm. radar for like, ah, this feels like an invention as opposed to. Because I think, Molly, Molly, I think the premise of the matriarch Mm -hmm. who ran Mm -hmm. a crazy Bitcoin scam and got away with it as a jumping off point, Mm -hmm. you have, how did that, how did she get to it? 
to get onto the FBI's list. And then you have, how did she go on the lam and get away from the FBI? Yeah, totally. So you've got three different time periods, Molly. Yeah, you got chapters. Built you in. got chapters yeah. here, and they're all fascinating to me. Like, who is this person, and how do they wind up being on the FBI's most wanted list? What's the backstory? It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, it's a great opportunity to do that Scorsese, like, take this one person's case and this one person's story, but give you the inside. Like, if you're just a regular person, like, here's how these crypto scams sort of function. Like, got give it. the bird's eye view of, like, this is what's going on. All right. Yeah. So this is funny, too, because we were talking right before the show started and before you got on, Jason, about portrayal of typing and hackers and things like that in movies and how hard that is to pull off. And so, yeah, you've got to have this like really glamorous crypto queen and her typing has got to be like, like, I've got this way too long manicure right now. Nothing can happen on the screen is the basic point. Nothing happens on a computer screen that's interesting and you know, in hackers, they're running with a skateboard, you know, on rollerblades <laughs> with a with a 3.5 inch floppy. Yeah. That stuff is nonsense. We just want this to be about who introduced her to crypto and all the personalities that helped to yeah, pull up the scam. This is the I mean, I feel like this is the format is the the Scorsese stuff. The like, yes, it's a criminal empire. It just happens to be crypto instead of, you know, blow or whatever Correct. the in the other movies. But it's it's just the the rise and fall of the cartel. Yes. Story. Correct. So, yeah. you know, obviously Breaking Bad, Sicario, Goodfellas, you know, there's, mean, a, there's Ozark, a couple. Ozark, yeah. Ozark. There's a lot of like uh, ideas around here, but I think also having it be a little bit funny could be interesting. Yeah. Anyway. And, and like a Mr. Robot angle as well, where I think you're digging into the personality of this person and you're getting you're getting into the psychology oh, of it too. Mr. Somewhat. Robot, that's a good, that's yeah. a good uh, so, starting uh, point. So if I offered mm-hmm. you yeah. five, five dimes to do this, oh, would that sure, be yeah. acceptable? I think, I think we're, off to, I think oh, we're yeah. off to the races with that. All yeah, right, I great. Think that's All right. So start. somebody ship. One of my people ship uh, Lon five thousand dollars to do this. Uh, he gets <laughs> the writing credit, whatever he needs. And, uh, all right, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to send you half the money up front so that you're on the hook. You agree to do this, and then mm. I, when you come on for this weekend streaming, just give us a little update where like questions or thoughts. All Your right, audience gets to go along. I'll start this weekend on the research because that's I'm going to have to take yeah, like a research. few days to figure yeah. out, you know, read the Correct. story and figure out my my sort yeah. of take. Because I got we'll, all these we'll uh, connections in the streaming world uh, that want to work oh, with sure. reality stuff. So I could just, once we have this package and the audience here kind of digs it, yeah. then I'm just going to bring it to somebody and say, hey, let's, I'll find some producing partner. I love it. I'll start, it I'll start breaking be... down, a, down a, an okay. outline this weekend. Sure. Folks who listen to me know I'm crazy about the Amman Hotel. Why? Because the customer support is second to none. And if you want to think about elite customer service, you need think no further than Intercom. And they just launched a fantastic new product. I got to tell you about it because it's a connected inbox for your customer support team. So what does this do? Well, it integrates your intercom messenger. You know that little box you see at the bottom of all the best websites where you can talk to somebody and get your questions answered and basically be treated like the great customer you are? Well, imagine you took all that feedback that comes through intercom and then you combined it with email or any other integrated channel. You know, SMS, people like to do the SMS these days for customer service. And it's a real game changer. The layout's beautiful. It's super efficient. And it's going to make your team bionic because the intercom team is just great at product and they'll make your product better, right? Which kind of makes sense when you think about it. It's got all the quick keys and all that great stuff. So here's your call to action. If you're an early stage, high growth startup, you're probably using Intercom already. But if you're not, go to bit.ly early stage 22. Bitly slash early stage 22. You know how Bitly URLs work. bit.ly early stage 22. Now, where is this going to send you? It's going to send you to Intercom's early stage academy, where they will give you a 95% discount. Intercom is the gold standard. They want to support you early. If you're listening to this week in startups, you're a startup. And so just go to bit.ly slash early stage 22 and get in on one of the best tools you can use at your startup to delight your customers. It's that simple, folks. Or you can just email them because they want to talk to you. Startups at intercom.io. You don't create an email. Startups at intercom.io. If you don't want to talk to startups, they love startups over there. And I got my friend Des Trainer. He's been on the show 10 times. One of our great guests of all time. He's the guy. He's kind of the genius behind all this along with his team. And uh, they just do a great job. So go ahead and check it out. And thanks again to Intercom for supporting the show over many years. And most importantly, for supporting all my startups I invest in with this great early stage academy. All right. First up, though, uh, we got to talk about what's happening in streaming. 
Zack Snyder. You know, Zach made Snyder. filmmaker the Snyder Justice cut League, right? Of the Justice mm-hmm. League, which Correct. I like the Snyder cut. If I'm being honest, more I, than the I'll original, go, I'll, I'll level with you. I did too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've, been, so I I've been very down on this whole thing all along, but look, it's a much better version of that movie than the one that they released in theaters years ago. Okay, so what's going on here, Molly? Can you tee yeah, this let's up go for back us up to the news? And and honestly, this is not news to us at all because no. Lon already told us, yes, straight up this headline. And then Rolling Stone just got uh, around to it earlier this week, reporting that the hashtag release the Snyder Cut movement might might hmm. have been fueled by people on the internet who were not real people. What? But it was bots all along. And Mm. actually, this is where it gets kind of dishy, though, is that some insiders think Zack Snyder himself was behind it, which frankly also doesn't even sound that surprising. Yeah, two two caveats. It's it's fueled by bots. Like, not people were mistaking it as like all the people tweeting about the Snyder cut were bots. That's not true. I think there's only so to say like 13% of the tweets were coming from bots. It was just a. There were obviously nefarious forces egging this on mm-hmm, and, and, and and artificially prolonging it. Not that mm. there weren't a lot of genuine fans who really did want to see the Snyder Cut. That's first. Uh, okay. The other thing is, I, I think there's a lot of evidence that Zack Snyder took advantage of the existence of this, was using it as leverage. Like, if somebody was like, no, I don't think we can work with you on this, he'd be like, well be an awful shame if the internet were to hear about this i don't know Mm. some angry fans might let you know about it and like that kind of you know mafia tactics i think there's less evidence that he organized it personally like i don't there's the rolling stone doesn't have a lot of like Zack snyder personally went on task rabbit and hired a bunch of people to build (laughs) him a bot army i think it's probably easier to believe that he discovered this existed and then was like Oh, okay. Well, I can I can take advantage of this to get people to do what I want. Hmm. Yeah, um, which is gross. And there's yeah, a lot well, of is, quotes I, in that article of people saying, "Yeah, he threatened me like this," and that's kind of gross. Well, and so do we think he did? I mean, I guess that's there are sort of like a lot of pieces of the actual Zack Snyder story in this Rolling Stone piece, right? There's the like, did he coordinate this? Did he benefit from it? But then also, did he apply? all this kind of like icky bullying pressure. It's like there's technology and then there's like, how much does this guy sort of suck? It's kind of hard to make the case that he's not knowingly doing it on some extent. I mean, yesterday he went on Vero, which is his, it's like the Twitter competitor that he prefers. So he posts up to Vero and then people screenshot it and post it to Twitter. Uh, but he posted on Vero this like very like, like a picture of a Justice League shield, like on the field of battle. And it was like, if right. I fall, avenge me. If I advance, follow me. And it's like, he's, he knows what he's doing. He's not an idiot. Like, which he, you mm. referred to as very cool and normal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so, it, and I, and I, I say this and I don't mean he's as bad. I'm not making this comparison in an overall holistic way, but it's Trumpy behavior. It's yeah. like, we all know what that is when a guy knows that he's got this very powerful, very, aggressive group of followers that he can sort of direct at will against his enemies like we've Mm -hmm. seen that before yeah and but he did this to get the money to finish the film that was right this was what he needed was more money and were they committed to doing it I, that's like, a very long I don't understand and complicated why Warner Brothers and wouldn't want to do this because depending on who you add like there's a million different versions of this narrative uh, out there but no Warner Brothers initially Neither, you know, none of these movies were doing that well. They were all doing good enough and they had an interest in competing with Marvel. So they kept making them. But Batman v Superman was a disappointment. Justice League was a relative disappointment. They were no longer in the active, let's keep this Zack Snyder franchise going. And they were having bigger hits with other properties. Wonder Mm. Woman, Aquaman, uh, you know, obviously Joker. Um, So... I think that he was coming in and he had a small but very vocal group of people who really loved these movies and wanted this version of the story going. And he Mm -hmm. found a way to leverage that into eventually getting the studio to free up 40, 60 million more dollars for him to finish his cut and put it out there on HBO Max. And that was always the goal. And, you know, I think that it was being pitched to people... It was being pitched well, to people as this like strike a blow for artistic freedom and yes. I deserve to have my voice heard. It's like it was never 
none of us are ever arguing like Warner Brothers doesn't have the right to final cut of a Justice League movie. Like, of course they do. You know that going in when you direct Justice League movies. So on an insider basis, it's a little insincere. It's about capitalism. It's not about censorship or anything like that. But people did letter writing campaigns, right? Like, so if somebody got a show was off the air, sometimes the actors on the show, whoever would try to get a letter writing campaign to go back in the day. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And so that seems and fair. Doesn't feel particular. I mean, this doesn't even feel particularly unusual in terms of the way that it, individuals who want to accomplish something, but also businesses. I mean, everybody yeah. like as the, far back as Internet forums or voting, right? It would be like, right. tell all the employees to go and vote. Or the, everybody create an account yes. and do this, right? Like the coordinated the activity and hashtag promotion is literally, yeah. you can hire PR firms to do this for you. Sure. And I mean, we see it all the time with canceled TV shows. There was just that NBC show Manifest that was a big, a big hit. It was a sci-fi series like Lost that had cliffhanger endings. And then after three seasons, NBC was just like, ah, we're done with it. Fans were like, no, we got to find out what happened. So Netflix eventually after this heated fan campaign, save manifest and the hashtag Netflix agreed to step in and save it and give it a fourth season. That's not unusual. It was the aggressiveness of this campaign. It was mm. the every tweet Warner Brothers sent for for years. Every tweet that was about any Warner Brothers project would get spammed and inundated. And these 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 people the, who are the, the Snyder fans were were very aggressive and would get hostile if somebody was like, you know, tweeted, I don't think we really need to see the Snyder cut. Who cares? They would pile on and right, bully right, them. Right. And, and that was where this isn't really a story about using social media as a marketing tool. I don't think it's another story about social media bullying and abuse. Mm. And like and I think that's what when people are like, it's creepy for Zack Snyder to do that. It's not creepy for Zack Snyder to promote his movie on Twitter. It's creepy for Zack Snyder to back this movement that had this angle to it and that was mm. abusing people and harassing people online. Yeah. For yeah. years. Yeah. Including me. They were harassing you. They were getting yeah, in no, there. And I say, got, of course. Right. I, yeah. I would, because I was one of those people that would tweet things not in an angry political way, not in an I hate Zack Snyder on a science. I like a lot of Zack Snyder movies. In a. I don't really care about a director's cut of Justice League. Do we did really he do need that this? original zombie film? Um, he, did, he did the remake of Dawn of the Dead. That's uh, fantastic. I just yes. watched that with my daughter. She loves zombie films. So yes. she's 12. I really we're going like through that all the movie. Uh, that James Gunn great. wrote that movie too. That was a, that was a key fantastic. movie. Yeah. I mean, also, can I ask you, when is 28 months later coming? Are they ever going to make that? Well, they did. Wait, the 28, 28 days, 28 and then weeks, they did 28, they did 28, weeks. 28 months. Oh, I, Danny Boyle's so busy. I don't he's know. So when busy, he's busy, and this is such a good. Killian Murphy, should... Danny Boyle, they got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, they got many irons in the fire right now. By some estimates, over ninety percent of startups will go out of business in year one. And listen, it's a downturn right now, so it's even harder. And that's why Microsoft created the Microsoft for Startups Founders Hub. This program is amazing. They provide founders at any stage with up to six figures in resources. That's like 100,000 or more. It's a ridiculous list of perks. And I'm going to start with what's the most important one. Up to $150,000 in Azure credits based on your stage and size. This is amazing. This is coming over the top of all other offers in the startup ecosystem space. And they give you free access to GitHub's enterprise tier. That's also worth a pretty penny. Uh, and you were probably going to pay for that anyway. And you're going to get technical advice from the experts at Azure and Microsoft Cloud. One-to-one -one mentorship from their mentor network, exclusive benefits and discounts from companies like OpenAI, huh? Pretty impressive. And the best part, they don't have fundraising requirements like some of those other programs where maybe they give one group a better deal than everybody else. Nope. Microsoft is treating everybody equally well. They want to support everybody. The Microsoft for Startups Founder Hub doesn't require startups to be investor-backed or third-party validated to sign up at Access Benefits. It's truly open to any founder, including you. And it's not about who you know. It's about what you're building, which is how it should be, right? Let, let's get judged on what we're building, not who we cozy up to. Any founder at any stage can get up to six figures of value by signing up at aka.ms slash This Week in Startups. Okay. Pause your podcast player, hit the rewind 15 seconds, and write this down. Type it into your browser. Load the webpage now before you forget. AKA.ms slash This Week in Startups. So sign up and start building today. AKA.ms slash This Week in Startups. Thank you to Microsoft. 
I just got a new uh, amazing Alienware computer and I have to say Windows is so tight. It's so perfect now. It's so stable that I am loving my new Windows uh, laptop. I got to tell you, it's super powerful. I'm really impressed. All right, everybody, you know what to do. Let me ask you this. Amazon streaming service. Yes. Probably. Are they fully committed and all in on this? Uh, because I watched the boys that seemed like a winner to me. I enjoyed it. Especially I this it. third yeah. season. I thought was very good. They kind of made this whole like Trump versus Hillary kind of, yeah. you know, MAGA kind of. They're very good at they're line. very good at that sort of like satirizing how people use the media and social yes. media and these marketing campaigns and like propaganda and like yeah and like how how the public and perceptions are manipulated. It, it's one of the best shows about that maybe ever. Yes, but it also pushes the boundaries on sex and violence yeah. pretty it's, hard. Yeah, it's gross. I mean. It's pretty gross. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah it's, that's kind of the okay. Part of and the then they have Darth this Lord of the, all of his stuff. Is sort of then bad. they're doing the Lord of the Rings, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they bought James Bond. So, mm -hmm. are they teeing themselves up to become like a bigger player here? Because I feel like you know I'm excited. I, I shockingly enjoyed the boys. I, I didn't think I would, and um, I'm kind of stoked for the Lord of the Rings. I saw that new trailer Bezos tweeted. Yeah. That looks actually pretty good. I mean, he went to the team. And was like pounding fists on the table, like I want a Game of Thrones. Make make me a Game of Thrones. Get me a Game of Thrones. That's your mission. And uh, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that's what they're that's what they're trying to Got do. It. I mean, this mm -hmm. is as clear a let's make our own Game of Thrones play as I've ever seen. And like, it, it, if anything is going to work, I mean, I, it's hard to catch lightning in a bottle like that. Game of Thrones does feel like kind of it, you know maybe HBO's biggest hit ever, but like. Lord of the Rings would be the property. I, mm -hmm. I the name brand Did you see recognition the is there. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I'm it excited. Looks just like the original series. It's beautiful. The trailer I think, yeah, is beautiful. I, I like the way it looks. It I'm definitely like, Galadriel. Yeah, yeah. I, I I really like that it's the second age. So it's a time in Middle Earth, like it's thousands of years before the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings stories we know. Yeah. It's this kind of relatively unexplored era and setting we still get to see like you know galadriel pops up elrond is in there i don't think they've announced if gandalf is in the show but he's alive at this time in middle earth history wow. uh but i like i like that it's gonna be like a, a fresh take sort of necessarily what are you doing, because are you excited this is so for far back um i am very excited for it i got very excited about the trailer i'm also wondering where you're going with this one in the J Trade Department? Uh, well, mm. so here's what I'm thinking. Is, is, this what's, is that what's happening here? Yeah, there's a little bit of a J Trade occurring here. Mm -hmm. I am okay. uh, really excited about the Lord of the Rings and the James Bond moves. I have been mm -hmm. giving Netflix a hard time. Yeah. Because Netflix seems lost and adrift. They are losing subscribers. We all know the content is janky. They seem like they're confused as to what the actual mission of the company is now. They want yeah. to have advertising. It used to be about storytelling. Seems like the bean counters are running it. And then I look at Amazon and they bought one medical today. Mm -hmm. And then I look at the Amazon Prime moves. Then I look at them getting rid of Amazon basics because they see that as a vector for antitrust. In other words, I think this new CEO is kicking ass. Making some moves, yeah. Hmm. Making moves. I am excited. So what do we, maybe you could run through the Netflix numbers and get Lon's thoughts on Netflix versus Amazon Hmm. I mean, it's interesting. The other players, everyone else, yeah, yeah. I mean, Amazon's a, definitely a different take because it's less, it's more induced. Like we want one big thing every now and again to get you to keep your Prime subscription going, as opposed to the Netflix like constant fire hose of nonsense. So it's a little hard to do just like a straight up apples to apples Correct. comparison. Mm -hmm. uh, having said that, I, I, Netflix. I think has a as a not just a content problem, but an identity problem, which is they've spent so long now trying to literally be everything for everyone. And I don't know how they back out of that. Like I don't I don't know how they focus in without disappointing vast swaths of the people that they've won over. Hmm. But they're producing so much content. I like how do they keep this up forever? And you know, you, you gotta worry like Crown is ending, Stranger Things is ending. Bridgerton mm. already on season three and there is there a new generation behind them that's getting people that excited I don't know the shows kind of get canceled very quickly and then I look at stuff like the gray man opening tomorrow which they put in theaters 
And like, are people hyped for the gray man the way they were for like a top gun maverick? I don't, I don't know if they are for whatever reason. It seems like Netflix movies, they're spending the money. They spent $200 million on it. Chris mm-hmm. Evans, Ryan Gosling, you know, Ana de Armas, huge action. They've been promoting this train sequence. They spent 40 million bucks on, but they're not getting their bang for their buck on these big movies. Red Notice was another one and hmm. Six Underground, that Michael Bay one. So I think unless they figure out how to thread that needle and make the original films more of an, a, a must-see event and get a bunch more Squid Game, Stranger Things type shows that people are like, I have to keep my Netflix subscription so I can watch this. I think they're in they're in trouble. They're yeah. in trouble. So they're in they're trouble. loss. And then Molly, what do you think? You and I cover Amazon here every week. It comes up. You yeah. saw they bought one medical today. Yeah. That was like a $3 billion purchase. They're obviously going to make telemedicine and prescription drugs like very easy on Amazon. So part of your Amazon Prime is going to be like, hey, I need my whatever drug. I, I have Amazon Prime. So I get a doctor consultation with that. And I can also order my Whole Foods. And, you know, it just feels like why would I ever cancel Prime if I have one medical somehow looped into that my Amazon uh, Prime delivery service, then I have Amazon Prime Video. I think it kind of yeah, I mean, so it comes down to, well, there's this, there's the question about Amazon eating the world and how successful it's going to be in doing that. And I think mm-hmm. you, you know, you're absolutely right. Like I hadn't really put it so specifically to Andy Jassy, but yeah. it's been one year and this guy is making bold moves. Now, if you're looking at Amazon as a streaming buy, yeah, then I think you have to sort of ask this question of like focus, like how yeah, no, committed I'm not doing is Amazon going to be for anything? Here's what I think. So this is a very good point, Molly. Yeah. If streaming is their seventh most important business, (laughs) and I'm more excited about them than Netflix, which is their sole purpose for existing. If you can't beat somebody who this is the seventh. So I just think there's an operational excellence to Amazon where they always seem to do the right thing. I'm not saying right thing morally. I'm talking right thing for the shareholders and the share price. Yep. And if they do wind up getting broken up, I think it's going to be worth twice as much. Right. Because any of those businesses is going to be worth a ton. And then I want to throw in this wrinkle about Disney because yesterday, uh, Jason bought Disney in a J trade. Mm. We're all in on Disney plus no question. But I do wonder if Disney isn't headed into a little bit of a leadership issue because there have been all these rumblings about Bob Chapek. He did keep his job. You know, the board was like, no problem. You have your three year contract. But literally yesterday, Bob Iger, former CEO, was out here trashing Chapek and saying that hiring him and putting him in that CEO role was one of the worst decisions he ever made. And there seems there's clearly some faction of Disney employees who hate this guy and keep leaking to the, you know, Hollywood press about it. How big a deal is this, do you think, Lon? Is it like, and at one point, what point compared to Andy Jassy kicking ass over here? At what point does this like Chapek drip, drip, drip of negativity become an issue? Yeah, I, I mean, it already, if you speak to Disney Parks fans, already mm-hmm. there is, I'm, I rarely have seen a business side CEO generate this level of hate this quickly. Like the, the feeling among, mm. I, I, I'm going to Orlando uh, to visit my mom in a few months and I pulled my Twitter following. Where should I go? Like, is there a theme park I should go to for a day while I'm there? And the overwhelming consensus was Universal now beats Disney in Florida. That Disney huh. stuff is overpriced. Really? The new stuff is kind of flopping. The like interactive hotels, overpriced yeah. stuff. I feel like there's a sentiment out there that they're kind of losing their their lead, mm. losing steam in terms of the the parks versus yeah. you know some of those competitors, and okay, that's a big so. part of that business. But on the streaming side, I feel like Disney's actually pretty strong. I feel like Hulu also has been ascendant recently and like who seems will to have be the most subscribers 10 years from now netflix or disney plus hulu plus espn who's gonna have the most subscribers i mean hbo max now? is the big concern okay more sure, so HBO than max. Disney plus. So tell me of those HBO three max who's gonna have the most and hbo max is soon to get all of the discovery plus cut like mm-hmm. at some point that's okay. gonna happen right. and that's a juggernaut like okay. that's then you've got a little something I mean, for everybody. That's a big concern. Here. But in do it all companies like Amazon is not has no shows no sign of slowing down. I think, and I do actually no. think that there are stumbles on Disney's horizon. I really do. Leadership matters. We're I mean literally so, we're seeing that on Amazon right this second. Mm, interesting. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, I'll just announce the J trade. I just bought 400 shares of Amazon. <laughs> I'm not that uh, surprised. <laughs> at 125 a piece. So I just dropped 40 dimes. Um, wow. So there it is, or 40, whatever. Yeah, what 50 grand. Whatever. Wow. It's my biggest J trade yet, but I've always That's wanted to be an Amazon shareholder. I haven't been. And I think, you know, please let the company be broken up uh, into three parts or two parts. And that'll make this go up 50%. Uh, yeah. And please let Netflix keep stumbling and shooting themselves in the foot. That's the beginning and end of it for me. Now, who owns HBO Max? And is that a publicly traded company? Because that's the yeah, you know, Discovery WB, Channel. WB Discovery, uh, AT&T. Yeah, so that's the problem. Like, AT&T owns all that? Yeah. Huh. I own 220 shares of Amazon. Ooh, yes, look uh, at John, you, girl. John Stanky today, uh, ATT CEO, is saying they're they might they're going to probably start giving HBO Max away free to unlimited wireless AT and T subscribers. So look what? out for that soon. Oh, so that's see here's God, the great bundling. It's the great rebundling. <laughs> yeah, the great rebundling is going to put Netflix in a tough spot. It they're going to really need to have more things bundled with Netflix. Well, also like, Dis- on the Disney side, you've got that they keep raising the price of the individual services. So Disney Plus might go up, Hulu goes up, ESPN Plus just announced a big price hike. But if you get that Disney bundle, they keep it more stable. That's what they want you to do is like yes, make us your bundle. Yes. Yeah, you got to get that Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN mm, Plus interesting. bundle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Amazon, goodbye. I'm saying it's a goodbye. Whether it's, I did get that 20 I mean, Amazon exactly also has Freebie. They have a pretty solid ad supported play which netflix is now currently trying to build their own version of with microsoft amazon's is already up and running you can watch bosch legacy on there right now hmm. oh yeah my brother's watching bosch should i be All watching right, let's bosch? wrap up here we let's have do. to pick a show speaking of which Dad's yes we bosch. gotta wrap up with picking a show i just started watching winning time this feels like an amazing entrepreneurial journey. I was going to say Winning Time. Winning Time or The Bear are the two shows most recently I've I watched finished about the bear. I starting and the bear. running businesses that I thought were the most mm. impressive. So if we could take the angle of the key business lessons from each episode mm-hmm. and relate them, that would be the big win for me, producer Nick. So Love that. Winning Time has a lot. So this is what yeah. I'm thinking is, and I like The Bear. I finished I it. That was only eight episodes. Yeah, it's it, quick. Eight, eight half hour episodes. They were, they flew It by. is huh. very fast. And it does give you some insight into just another world, right? Did you watch I mean, The Bear yet, Molly? I have not watched The Bear yet, but it, it's I, gonna I clean love up. a half hour episode. That is my jam. So good. It's going to clean up at the uh, Emmys, I predict. It's amazing. And it's, yeah, it's, it's going to win uh, everything. It's set behind the scenes at this Chicago Italian beef sandwich restaurant. But the, the guy who's running it, used to be a fine dining chef and now he's taking over for his late brother running this sandwich place and that's and like, he previously worked at noma um and they get and I to think use the french noma. laundry too they mentioned and i think yeah, so they <laughs> yeah. somehow got them to be okay with saying he worked at noma in the french laundry and supposedly the the, the, the chef is based off of um alina uh which we had the co-founder of alina on here nick uh Kokaris. nick is that right nick Kokaris, producer nick maybe he's not here um so anyway, uh, he's editing yeah. all in. Rachel he's says editing no. all in, maybe. Uh, so anyway, it was it's really good. Uh, oh, I have to say, the bear is really good. But I think Winning Time is probably the yeah, one. Yeah, that makes sense to me. There is one so more I would mention: them. is there is the HBO uh, financial banking drama series Industry returns on August first, so we could jump ah. into that too, which is uh, about young people working at a London investment bank. Really, that yeah. sounds kind of fun. Maybe season just, one. Uh, season one was last year. Season two is coming out. Uh, it's now called it's like Industry. Um, industry and it's a mix of yeah. like young eight brits and americans who have gone over there you know yeah, it's I'll, like let me i'll sample the first season see where i'm yeah, at take a look. Look. and we it's, got a couple it, weeks to get through yeah. winning time you know we could get yes. through winning time and then start that if we think we all right let's go with winning time we'll it. do yeah. the first it's just like, i think uh, how many episodes yeah. is winning time does anybody know off the top of their head is it nine or eight so whatever it is i think breaking it, like, it into three groups feels good so maybe we'll come up with like watch the first three episodes and then three and then two Perfect. That might be perfect. perfect. So I've three, already three, watched two. them all. I'm going to watch oh, them. Yeah, I, I watched them too. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's, let's see if we, if you guys go through the recaps and can think of business lessons. Oh, uh, you sure. Know, yeah. And, uh, you know, like what, it, what, how would you extrapolate this lesson, right? Uh, being delusional, you know, whatever, fake it till you make it. Like a lot mm-hmm. of things come to mind after just a couple of episodes, taking bold moves, negotiations. When he's negotiating with Red Arbach, played by... Michael, Michael uh, Chickless, Chick- Amazing. Yes. Uh, he stole the show when Chickless came yeah, in. Yeah, he's fantastic. 
um, which I, you know, Michael Chiklis and I are episodes. social media friends. We're social media friends. Really? We slide into oh, each other's DMs once huge, in a while. I, I was a huge fan of his old show, The Commish. Remember that? I loved The Commish originally, the and commish somebody used to call show. me The Commish when I was a young adult because <laughs> really? I, I related to somehow my ability to yeah. work with people. And then uh, I liked The Shield. The Shield was oh, like yeah. that first FX, really aggressive, crazy show. Early, uh, early peak TV, sort of uh, proto peak TV show, The Shield. All right. Well, we'll let Lon go now. Lon, uh, just uh, I'll give you 24 hours to think about this five dime <laughs> yeah. exploratory fee. Oh, I think we uh, can the work deliverable is a, uh, a, a great a pilot, pilot script and then and a, a little a bit show of a Bible. Bible. Yeah. Show Bible, five dimes. And whatever I make on the show, you make. So you got my word there. If I, if I make a million, you make a million. Whatever it is, we'll figure it out. Fabulous. Get you, get you all the credits and anything. We'll see if Molly gets her beak wet as well here. If she got something yeah, put on it. As well. Executive producer. Everyone here. Yeah, we have yeah. That. I'm, I'm happy. All right, to here help. we go. All right, folks. All right, all right, all right everybody. Bye. See you next bye time. Bye. All right. Thanks for listening to the Big Thursday show, everybody. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for an even bigger show, an <laughs> awesome conversation. It just, that's how we like to structure the week. It just like with a finale. For Sunday. Yeah. yeah. On Sunday. Be, uh, ben Narison of Tenacity VC. Uh, make sure to tune in tomorrow, Friday, for an even bigger show because we like to be like fireworks. We end with a yeah. big finale. Uh, we've got an awesome conversation with Ben Narison of Tenacity VC. He's going to join us to talk about how he raised his latest $50 million VC fund in a down market. Something uh, we're going to need to learn about because we're going to be raising Watch Fund 4 in a down market in the fall. So yeah. uh, you know, like make real sure. tactical advice. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this is one of the great things about having a podcast with some listeners. Again, we get to learn. We get to have these open dialogues and we share it with the audience and, and everybody shares information and we all get better at what we do. Speaking of getting better at what you do, follow at Molly Wood, follow at TWI Startups, and follow, of course, me at Jason. If you want to write a review and uh, give us some feedback, uh, that's always helpful. Uh, make sure you go to youtube.com slash this weekend, hit the subscribe button, and then hit the bell. And when I'm, I'm going to start randomly going live, by the way, Molly, this is my new thing. I might do like some micro J trades. And so you better have your alerts on too, because I might, I have the login, I have the restream login, I got the uh, YouTube login. I might just be on the back porch and turn on a video and oh make a J trade. I just randomly. pressed the bell right freaking now. Yeah, make sure you oh, got the bell pressed. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll be giving away more of these uh, beautiful Ember This Week in Startups mugs that we got uh, from swag.com slash twist. Uh, and we'll be giving those away. And you know, if I see a great review, who knows, maybe I'll, uh, I'll DM you. You never know. All right, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow on Friday. And then, of course, Sunday. Uh, tune in for VC Sunday School and This Week in Climate.